Well, if you'll open your Bible to page 639, I think you're going to be on the page Isaiah chapter 40. You know, we're going to be looking today at a, what I think to be one of God's most special promises in the Bible. Now, before we really get to that, as I thought about this promise, thought about this day, I thought, you know, about my life. I want to encourage you to think about your life. But I'll just make this statement and give God glory and credit. I am very blessed at age 81 to have the uh, physical strength and the energy that I have. Now, that's not to say I never get tired, for that's not true. But, but I, I do say that, you know, uh, like in our family, like our younger son, Joel, is blessed with an enormous uh, physical strength and energy. Now, St. John over here, when he's not here, I, you know, I mean, some are just one way and some are the other. But uh, I, think, I think most of you would say, I mean, you, you're not, nor am I of what I was at 21, but I think most everybody here today, we, aren't we blessed to be physically able to do what we do and go in? We, we really are. And I thank, I thank the Lord for that. Now, that said, the fact of the matter is physical strength, like granted and iron has its limits. And there is a point where our human strength spins itself. And that's what makes this promise that we're going to be looking today so very wonderful. Now, you didn't come for a course on the book of Isaiah, but just real quick in a nutshell, because it's a big old long book. But many have referred to the book of Isaiah as a miniature Bible. The one book, of course, there's 66 books in the Bible, but the book of Isaiah referred to as a miniature Bible. You say, well, how's that? Well, it has 66 chapters, as does the Bible have 66 books. And in the Bible, we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, in the book of Isaiah, we don't have Old and New Testament, but we have like section one would be chapters 1 through 39, where the prophet Isaiah is prophesying that the judgment of God is going to come to the uh, Jewish people if they don't repent of how they're living. And then when you come to chapter 40, there forward, what you have, you have prophecy of the comfort that God is going to give them, especially when they're in their Babylonian captivity. So now that's kind of where we are today. We're in the we're in the, the comfort section in chapter number 40 in verse number 31. And it's one of, I think, the most special promises in all the Bible. And here's what makes it so special. It tells us one thing that we do to experience this promise. Like many, in fact, probably the majority of all the promises in the Bible. And I have read so many uh, numbers of, you know, the Bible has this number of promises and that number of promises. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's enormous, but most of them are what we'd call conditional promises. In other words, there's a condition to be met in order to experience what is promised. Now, this is a conditional promise, but there's only one thing we have to do. Let's look at it. In Isaiah chapter 40 in verse 31, the old prophet Isaiah now, he's prophesying this before it ever even happened. He's prophesying it before it ever even happened. God gave him this vision. And he said to the Jewish people, now there's going to be a day, if you don't repent, that you're going to be in captivity over in Babylon, which they did finally experience. 
and Jerusalem would be burned to the ground. The temple would be destroyed. And not all at once, but kind of like in waves, the uh, Hebrew people were taken from, from their homeland from Judah, Jerusalem particularly, all the way to Babylon, where they lived in Babylonian captivity and did so for 70 years. And then God, in a wonderful way, uh, used a man named Cyrus, king of Persia, to uh, give permission for them to come back. But anyway, he's telling them, now look, this is what's going to happen, but here's the deal. God's going to God's going to bless and help you in it. So here's, here's what he says, and here's how God's going to do it. He said, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, run, not be weary, and walk and not faint. Now, the key word in the promise, the one thing that we must do to experience this renewed strength. Let me ask you, sometimes don't you need some renewed strength? We all do. There is a strength beyond our human strength. Like our human strength, there is a point where, where there is no more. I mean, we're just, we're just out of gas. We're, well, God says, look, through the prophet Isaiah and what he said to the Hebrew people would apply to all of God's people. It's not just as focused on this one group. He said, you shall renew your strength if, what, if you wait on the Lord. Now, now this word, this word wait, some of the newer translations translate it trust. Well, that's good translation or depend on or expect, you know, here's the promise. It comes from God. Now a promise is only as good as the one who makes the promise. Wouldn't you agree with that? Like, you know, and, and it doesn't mean the person's not good, but sometimes even a good person can make a promise and with all their heart, they mean it, but they may not be able, they may not have the resources to do what they promise. Their heart wants to do it. Their spirit wants to do it. But I mean, there's a, there's a limit to what we as human beings can do. Now, this promise, what makes it so special is it comes from the God who made the heavens and the earth, the creator, the God. I mean, we, we can trust what God says, number one, because God says it, number two, because God has all the resources needed to do it. And he says, look, if you'll just wait on me, if you'll just trust me. Now, every one of us say, well, we trust God. Yeah, but when you really get into you know, backed up against the wall sometime, it's, we, we learn that our faith is not as 100% as we thought it was. And the way we learn that is we worry instead of trust. We fret instead of depend on God to do what God says. And that's the human of us. And we're all human. But this, this promise, those that wait on the Lord, they're going to it's like you're going you're gonna to do a trade here. You're going you're to renew. You're going to get some strength divine when your human strength is lacking. And here, here is a good part. Look, look what happens when this happens. It says they'll mount up with wings like eagles. Now, what in the world is that talking about? That refers to those times in life where the crises come. Now, thankfully... All of life is not a crisis, but in life, we all experience things that would fall in that category, but thankfully they are few. Sometimes they seem to come in bunches, but nonetheless, 
When they do come, here, here's what God's saying to us is, because see, when a crisis comes, my strength and your strength, we need more than that. Well, we have more than that if we'll trust God and let him give us divine strength. What will happen, just like an eagle, we, we just mount up and we somehow get over and beyond all that. Now, if you were at our church last Sunday morning, at the very end of my sermon, I preached a sermon on the mystery of suffering. It was about why, why bad things happen to good people. And I would encourage you, if you missed the sermon, you could go on our church webpage and pull the sermon up. And not because I preached it, but because we all need to hear. For I showed in the Bible, like, things to help us when we see bad things happening to good people. And we see it often. We see it often. And at the end of the, at the end of the, well, my last part of that sermon was that when we have pain and suffering in this life, one of the things that happens is that through those, God strengthens us. And I had Jennifer Cowles do a video. Now, Dr. Charles Cowles was a member of our church, very faithful, his whole family. And uh, he was an anesthesiologist at MD Anderson. He was on the faculty at MD Anderson. He, he just was a just an unbelievably a humble uh, servant of the Lord in what he did. But long story short, the day after Christmas in 2020, he and his family were driving to Branson to go on vacation and something happened. Perhaps, I don't know what happened, but the car swerved off of the highway, went over a kind of a cliff on the side and went down to the bottom, hit this huge boulder and it killed him. It killed him. And it, it really crippled her up in a very bad shape and two of their three children pretty bad also. But be that as it may, a few weeks ago, their 15-year-old son, Christopher, was injured in a weight room and has gone through two surgeries. I mean, you just wonder how much can a family go through here. And so about two weeks ago, Dottie and I actually went by the cow's home to visit Christopher. We, we'd been talking to him on the phone when he was in the hospital, but we wanted to go over and see him. And while there, somehow or another, I made some little comment to Jennifer, for I've had endless contact with her for the past two years as we've tried to work and walk with her through losing your husband and left with three children. And, the, and, and in the beginning, she herself was, she couldn't walk at all. She was she was, had to go through all kinds of surgeries and still has things to do. But she, she just kind of made a statement about, she said, well, and she made this statement and it was the most overwhelming thing I'd ever heard. It just in the simplicity and brevity of words. Two or three days later, I, I thought, you know, that really fits what I'm trying to preach on the first Sunday in August. So I called her and asked her if she would be willing to do a video and answer the question about, Jennifer, what have you done? It's not like she hadn't struggled, but what, what, what is it you've done to help you get through, get to at least where you are now? And, 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 and she was willing to do it, and we showed it last Sunday. And that's why I'm encouraging you to go back and watch that, uh, watch that sermon. You, now, let me just say to you, you'll just have to watch the whole thing because she doesn't come on to the very end. But, but what, what she does is exactly what God is telling us to do here. A crisis came, and what did she do? She 
She put her trust in God and she listened to him and she just made a statement or two and I'm not going to try to give her testimony, but, but, but I'm saying to you, I hope you're not in a crisis right now, but if so, if you'll just keep trusting God, there'll be a point, and I've seen it endless times, where God just lifts people up. And how many times I've heard them say, Pastor, had I known this kind of thing was going to happen, I, I would have said, I, I can't do it. I can't live. I can't get beyond it. And somehow, some way, Pastor, God has just gotten me on beyond that. Well, that's what this is talking about. So when we have this divine strength, what happens is uh, when we have a crisis, we mount up with wings like eagles. Then he says, then here's what's going to happen. You'll run and not be weary. You say, what's that talking about? That refers to when life requires the extra. You know, sometimes things just, life, just things happen and it requires more than normal. And you just finally, in the midst of all that, realize I need, I need extra divine strength from God to get through this. Now, I share a personal illustration of that. These past eight days for me have been eight days where my strength ran out about four days ago. Seriously. You remember, I was here last Tuesday and did Tuesday Bible lunch. Now, believe it or not, I'm not like John. I actually prepare these Tuesday Bible lunches. <laughs> He's so gifted, he just operates out of his brain or something. But no, he prepares too. But when you say you did a Tuesday Bible lunch, you, the, the harder part of the doing a Tuesday Bible lunch is preparing the lunch. This, what I'm doing now is the easy part. Okay, last Tuesday, I'm right here with you. Wednesday, John and I board a plane to fly to Atlanta, Georgia. We do. We get there, we rent an automobile, and we drive to Athens, Georgia. It's about a two-hour and 15-minute ride. And then we, finally, as we get there, we, we, we kind of had a little time to visit with my sister who had come in from Florida for the funeral. And uh, then the next morning, 10 o'clock, we're in the funeral. Now, there again, we were up late that night, John and I both trying to, we were both doing the funeral and we were saying, now look, like we need to talk about what you're going to do and talk about what I'm going to do so that it'll be appropriate and uh, accomplish what we need to come. So we really got to bed too late, to be honest. And then that next morning, and George is on that wrong time. It's, it's on the hour ahead of us. I call that the wrong time. And uh, which means everything you're doing, you're doing it an hour earlier than you would be doing it. And we do a 10 o'clock funeral. And then we, we have to get in our car and go back to Atlanta, Georgia, to the Atlanta airport. And just one friend to another, do all you can to avoid that airport. Do all you can to avoid that uh, we, we get there and we, 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 we had no time for lunch because we didn't know what we'd run into when we got back to the airport. Thankfully, we didn't take time for lunch or we miss a flight. We go through the, um, we, we have that pre-check, that TSA pre-check, which in Atlanta is just absolutely worthless. Um, everybody in that part of the country has it. I think we could have gone through the regular line quicker. But anyway, we, we did get on our flight. And we did get back here. And now it's dark, it's night time. And then Friday morning, I have a 10 o'clock funeral. So when I come back, but somewhere between getting back home and the next morning, 10 o'clock, I'm going to prepare that funeral. Then when I get through with that, then I have Sunday, I was preaching last Sunday. 
which means Saturday I'm going to spend much of the day getting ready for Sunday. That's just what happens to preachers that's going to preach. That's what you do. And then here I am back today at, at Tuesday Bible. So I'm just saying in, in this, look, someone said, well, you're 81. Let me tell you something. I, that, that schedule at 31, in that deal, I, I just said to God, now, I, I just, I'm trusting you to give me an unusual strength. And the amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, in fact, I'll share something I didn't, I, I, I don't forward. Last Saturday night, I can't remember this happening to me a long time ago. Last Saturday night, I slept a total of zero. And I can't explain it. I can't, I mean, I just couldn't go to sleep. And I, I didn't wake up Sunday morning. I got up and I thought to myself, I am going to be not good today. I, the, I, I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever felt more at ease preaching last Sunday, more energy. I, I, it just, it's, I just felt this, it was just it was just, I could, I knew what was happening. I'm sharing that with you, not to brag on me. I'm saying to you, by the way, I'm fixing to take two days off. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. If I live through this day, Wednesday and Thursday, I've got to shut it down. But anyway, I'm saying it works. This thing about divine strength works when God, when you just get in one of these deals where, and they come extras required. Now I love this last part. They shall walk and not faint. Now you say, well, what is that talking about? Well, walk in the Bible basically always represents uh, the everyday life. And you know, the hard thing about the everyday life, here's where we struggle. It, it, the, the big deal, the crisis are few. The extra is, it, it's, it's, they come, but not, not all the time. But this walk deal, the hard thing about the everyday life is the everyday life is every day. And that's what wears you out. The old routine, day in, day out, like, you know, you get up and you make the bed. Well, it won't be but a few hours, you'll be unmaking the bed. And then you're going to get up and make the bed again. Yeah, it's really kind of something, isn't it? I always say to myself, if I just make the bed in the morning, I have accomplished something already. And some days I feel like that's all I accomplished, but I'm saying to you, it's the daily walk that gets people. It really is. It's not the extra because it's not every day, but the daily walk is every day. And here's what happens. If that's when we really need God's extra strength, you know, like just, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you just, well, that's okay. God's there all the time for whatever you encounter. Now, like a vehicle, a vehicle can run out of gas. I worried about that last Wednesday. I said to John, we had rented this car. I said, do you think we'll fill this car back up before we try to drive back to Atlanta? He said, well, absolutely not. I said, well, the gas thing says we've got just a little bit more than a half a tank. And I don't know if this gas thing on this car is right or wrong or whatever. I said, uh, you know, it just kind of, he said, there's absolutely no reason to do that. And he was right. We, we made it back. And, uh, but now if we just kept on driving, there's a point out there where the vehicle runs out of gas. We are exactly the same way. There is a point out there. We're blessed with our human strength, 
But what we need to do every day, we need to refuel. That's why it's so important that we read the Bible every day, every morning, if it's just a little or if it can be more, and just have our little time to be with God and, and just lay out before him, what's ahead today, God? Now, what's ahead today? And I, I mean, and, and you know, in, in, the, in the human strength God has given us, just like the brain that, that God has given, you know, God's given us a brain. We need to use it. Well, he's given us a body. We need to take care of it. We need to use it. We need to be thankful for it. But we need to also understand we have available a divine strength. And all we have to do to experience it is trust and expect the one who makes the promise and it's God himself. And Father, you know, I've, I've shared more personal stuff today probably than appropriate, but it's an illustration. It's real to me because it's real. But God, everybody in this room could share something similar. They really can. We've all had times in life where, where we just have gotten into something and we thought, I, I don't know if I can get through this or not. But we do. And we do when we trust you. It's amazing. We just kind of mount up with wings as eagles. And then God, those days, sometimes it can be a little season. It's just all the extra stuff we have to do. And it, it, it just needs to be done. And if we're not careful, like granite and iron, we'll just finally wear. But God, thank you that if we'll just trust you, there really is the anointing of thy Holy Spirit to refresh us and renew us and give us strength and energy beyond our own. And then, God, I thank you that the daily life, God, that's where the real challenge is. And I thank you, God, that your strength is all we need, no matter what. Now, bless everyone here today, God. And as I think about the new school year, not just here at the church, but, but God, all of our schools as they resume, I pray, God, this could be a good year. I pray it'd be a safe year. I pray for children that have watched on TV all the things that have happened, especially in Uvalde. God, their little minds can't help but wonder. I pray, God, you just put a shield of protection about our schools. At the same time, give all who have responsibility, give them wisdom to not be lax, to do everything they can to make school a good experience and a safe experience. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.